Welcome everyone to another episode of Where's This Going? Before we get started, I want to thank my amazing sponsor, U.S. Wellness Meats. They supply grass-fed and pasture-raised meats that are loaded with good nutrition like conjugated linoleic acid, also known as CLA, omega-3 amino acids, and a host of vitamins and minerals. CLA is a cancer fighter, muscle builder, and supports immune functions among many other health benefits. Omega-3s, as we know, are anti-inflammatories. They specialize in a variety special diets and they have hundreds of paleo keto whole 30 sugar-free and aip autoimmune protocol friendly foods we encourage people to know their food and know their farmer their food and farms have been featured in numerous major publications best-selling cookbooks and broadcasts including the new york times chicago herald paleo magazine and many many others they ship anywhere in the country for only nine dollars and fifty cents for shipping and handling and most orders are delivered within 24 to 48 hours of leaving their facility use promo code podcast that's p-o-d-c-a-s-t for 15 percent off of everything on the u.s wellnessmeats.com store my next guest today is one of the absolute best comedians out there You've probably seen him on Def Comedy Jam, Comedy Central. He is always working at the Comedy Cellar. I personally saw him open for Dave Chappelle on Broadway. He is undoubtedly one of the most successful and one of the best current comedians alive. My next guest is Will Sill Vince. Hey, Felix. Thank you so much What's for going being on? here. Thanks for having me. I just want to first say that I'm, I'm truly honored to have you on the show. You I are? told you this before. Are I, you I really? am. No, I, I swear to God, I am. I got your email. I thought it was a, a prank or something, <laughs> or someone trying to set me up. And I mean, it, the, the entrance to the studio looks like it could be a little it bit of a like, prank. It looked like a kidnapping. It looked thing. like, yeah, everybody yeah. thinks I'm going to kill them, but I swear I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> um, but I saw you, I had known of you um, as a comedian, but I'd never seen you perform. And then I saw you for the first time opening for Chappelle. That's and the first time you saw that me was the live? First, that was the first time I saw you live. And then I saw you a week later at the cellar. That was a fun night. It, it was, that was when you and like, and David Tell was going crazy that night. Oh, David Tell, dude. That, that, that dude is a... Is a killer. Dave, I like talking to Dave or like performing with Dave because he, he allows us or comedians to like, you know, join him in conversation while he does stand up. And he just, whatever you throw at him, he's just making It's dope. amazing. Well, yeah, also, like, like the, just the, the dynamic between bouncing off of you, about him bouncing off of you and you kind of bouncing off of him and his ability to just, like, on the spot. I've never, like, that yeah, is amazing. Yeah, I mean, like, he, they, they, if there's, a, if there's a, a slow moment, in a, in a few seconds, it'll be a big moment. David just, he's a joke machine. He's like, his, his mind must be racing nonstop, like, constantly. You know, I feel like jokes are... Or just, you know, people who are smart, they're constantly solving things in their head. And you, they need fuel. Like, if, if they're at home by themselves, it's, it it's, does, doesn't do them any justice. But they need fuel. So I just throw stuff at Dave, and he just freaking hit them out the and park. the best part is that he always has the same look on his face when he's... <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't change I mean, expressions. Most geniuses, look at, look at Einstein. Einstein had the same yeah. look on his face. 
Yeah, but it's also, it's a different, I mean, you're talking about comedy, you think, like, I don't think you see the guy smile, he only smiles, he has like a half smile. He does smile, he, his mind is like thinking about the next joke, probably 10 jokes, he's 10 jokes ahead. It's, it's incredible. And so he, his facial expression ain't got time, because we got time to think about facial expressions, where he don't have time, he used all his power to think about like 25 jokes in the future. You're right. Okay, anyways, so very glad to have you on, but before we get started, what's a little something for the people listening that, that we don't know about you? Mm. Um, probably that I didn't know what maiden name was for a long time. Not not now, but you know, coming up. So I just thought it was my my mama's name. I thought that was just a fancy way of saying, "What's your mama's name?" And then how did you figure out? Oh, I I just I don't know. I I don't know how I figured it out. I just because I and you figure like with with our phones and 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 the internet or what. You, you, I could just Google, but I was too lazy to just do that. <laughs> you know, so how many just, years until until you found out? Oh, dude, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just walked around. You ever like someone say a word and you just act like you know it? So yeah, dumb. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, that's the maiden name. She, she should go by her name or her maiden name. I, I didn't know what I was talking about. So I first want to get into it. You, I've watched. A lot of interviews with you, a lot of your stand-up in the past few days especially. And what I always like to, to see or hear about is the process in which you write your, your comedy. And a lot of people, um, you know, talk about you as being an incredible writer. <laughs> <laughs> Who is these people? Is, my, is that my aunt? <laughs> <laughs> it's not your aunt. It's, it's, other, it's other, other comedians. But we talk about your writing process and how you come and gather your material. Um... I, you know, the sad thing is I don't write jokes because I don't want, I don't want to make them feel like they're, they're scripted, even though, like, sometimes we'll say the same bit. But I try to make them as organic as possible and as real at the moment, if that makes sense, you know? So if, if you ask me something and you ask me again tomorrow, it's almost like when, you, when someone asks you, something happened to you at work and your mother's like, what happened to you at work? And you're like, Ma, you ain't going to believe this, what happened at work? Then your father come home. You're going you're gonna to tell your father with, like, with the newness that you told your mom. You're not going to be like, oh, Dad, I already told Mom. Just go ask her the story. All right, well, have you? No, you're going to say, oh, Dad, what's going to happen? You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like when I, when, I, when I used to write my jokes down, I used to try to remember the wording and not the feeling. Mm. That makes sense? And so, so I feel like the more the real the, more real the jokes are to, to me, or true or real, I don't have to remember them because it's true. It happened. That makes sense? It, As opposed to... Because they, they some joke writers where they just write jokes that had nothing to do with their lives. And I understand they have to write them to remember them. But I try to talk about, like, what I experienced or what I went through. And I try to bring that feeling back. And you talk about bringing that same energy to when you're, when you're telling a joke. And I think what's... What, I'm not a comedian, but I would imagine for a comedian who's doing multiple sets in a night, maybe the same set for a week, how do you kind of bring that same energy to every single set, even though, you know, you may be repeating jokes and repeating, uh, you know, some of your work? How do you bring that same energy to make sure that the crowd is going to get the best reaction every time? You mean, so it's not, it don't sound stale? So it don't sound stale, so it sounds fresh, so it sounds like... I, I try to remember... The very first time I, I tell a joke, how, you know, how I was holding the mic, you know, what, what, what my eyes was doing, how my body was, because that, that, that newness, it's almost like any relationship that, 
that first couple of weeks is like, but then it starts to get stale because, but if you keep keeping it fresh and remember like, oh, I was holding the mic like this, I was doing this. And, and, and I had this excitement in my voice, the way I, I pronounced certain words. And so I try to remember that, that the, or basically the feeling, how that joke made me felt at the time. You know, obviously there's some jokes, you know, that they're, they're time sensitive, where it's not, you know, but if you're telling a story about your life, those are, I feel like those are timeless. You know, that makes sense. Mm. And do you ever, do you ever physically write down jokes? Just bullet points, but not like, just so I can remember, because I, I, have, I have a bad memory, and, and plus just, especially if I'm doing like a, a, a TV show, I'll just write the bullet points, just so I make sure I hit the marks. And do you remember the first, can you tell us the first moment you did stand-up? Uh, this place called Uptown Comedy Club. How old are you? Oh, I don't, I don't even know how old I was. It was a long time ago, like 93. Okay. How old are you now? 50. Okay. Okay, so that's like... I'm about to die. <laughs> 54 Hopefully white not. people is like 95 or something. <laughs> it's um, like dog years, it's, right? <laughs> dog years. You multiply by 13. Do you remember the feeling you got? Was it... Did you know in that second, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life? I know, at that, No, I didn't know that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I just I was just happy to be on stage. I was excited. I was My blood was rushing. I probably took a, a, a dump before I went on stage. My, my stomach was in bubbles. Um, no, I didn't know. I just, it was just something I was doing. I, I didn't even think I was good at it. I remember the first time I got paid, I was like, I was like, you for real? I got paid like $75, you know, to do like a five, 10 minute set. And, um, I, I almost gave it back. Mm. I almost gave the guy, I said, no, dude, no, no, it's, it's fine. Like, I couldn't believe he was paying me for this. And, um, and I, I kept, I kept it though. Is it ever weird for you that you get paid to make people laugh? Not no more. <laughs> not anymore. Not no more. Sorry. Not anymore. So my, my, my past coming back to haunt me. My <laughs> ignorant past. Not anymore. And you grew up... So you grew up in Brooklyn? Yeah. East New York. Okay. And have you lived here since? Yeah, yeah. Born and raised. Born Brooklyn. and raised. Yeah. Ever since. And what also... What's really nice, I think, with the work you do, and especially talking about your movie i'm maurice where where's that at right now we're trying to find funding okay. where we need to raise 750 750 then we then we go into production so before we get to that gofundme.com slash i am maurice yep go donate right now but with uh i saw i was watching the the trailer of it really good trailer thanks um people should check it out it's about i mean you, you want to tell us? No, you could tell. I, you want me? You yeah, want to see yeah. if I do it? If I do it well? It's about a Haitian immigrant that comes to the U.S. and tries to pursue a boxing career. Yep. And, uh, you know, in that process, is homeless for a while and kind of talks about that the struggle and how I, I mean, in my interpretation, how some people think in America there's this idea of the American dream for immigrants, but it's not like that at all. Yes, but. Um, the story is more about his fight outside the ring than inside the ring. Right. And yes, it's not like that at all. But coming from where he's coming from, you know, no matter how hard you work, there is probably no less or very or no opportunity where he came from versus in America, nothing's guaranteed. But if you really work really hard and bust your ass 
And there's a very small chance for opportunity, small, tiny chance. And for that alone is worth it. You know, that small, tiny chance versus no chance. No matter how hard you work, you're going to be in the same boat. And is... And the, 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 the inspiration behind the, the name is your dad's name is Maurice? Yeah, the, well, the whole movie is, is, is bits and pieces of my life to tell this story. Um, my dad is Maurice, and my dad, just like the character, he came from Haiti with nothing and built his, you know, got, my dad got a bunch of degrees, and then he, he busts his ass, got a great job, and, then, you know, took care of his family. And so just like the character, he came here with nothing and, um, the, my best friend in the film, uh, Patrice, is my best friend in real life who passed away, Patrice O'Neill. Um, the trainer is my real-life trainer, Stephen Frank. Uh, check out stephenfrankboxing.com. Uh, the love interest is the first girlfriend I ever had. Um, uh, the, the antagonist is uh, the first bully that ever bullied me in the seventh grade. Well, how did he bully you? <laughs> me, how he bullied me. <laughs> He beat me up. Uh, I, I didn't have any money to take, so but he just, he just. Uh, I remember in the seventh, we had like, uh, we was in, in the the whole school was in the schoolyard, like during like lunch or whatever. And um, and they just came up. Him and his boys just came up to me and just started like you know pushing me around. And I didn't know what um, attention and at ease meant. And he kept saying attention, attention. I'm like. I didn't know nothing about the military at the time. So like, and he kept saying, I said attention. And then his boy um, came up to me and said, when, when someone says attention, you stand like this. And you, like this. All right. Okay, okay. Attention. I'm like, <laughs> and then they, and then they, 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 because um, they kept smacking me in the head and punching me in the chest every time I was messing up. And then he said, I, at ease. I didn't know what at ease was. I just kept, <laughs> I, I thought it was attention, but more intense. Like, <laughs> And then, uh, and I was like, no, at ease is this. And then you just, I'm like, oh, okay. So I learned, as while I was getting bullied, I also learned about the military. So it was good and bad. Good and bad, I suppose. What was your dad's reaction to when you told him about your idea of, of kind of producing this, this Oh, movie? no, my dad passed away before any of that. Before any of that? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Matter of fact, I remember, I remember um, uh, toying with the idea of telling him I want to be a comic comedian. But he was like, for what? Tell a joke? Tell me a joke. I'm like, I'm on the spot. I couldn't. And my dad, I never joked around with. So when he said that, I was like, uh, I guess I won't be doing that. Yeah. And you talk about also the, the first time that you went behind your, your family's back to do comedy. Or they weren't support. Or that's not what they had hoped. Yeah, I was doing it behind their back. And, um, and I landed a gig on the Apollo. And um, my my brother said, your mom saw you on TV. So the thing is, my mother's normally in bed at 10, 10 p.m. The Apollo came on at 12 or 1 a.m. And so she's not up at that time ever, except to go pee or if one of us is coughing. She's like, what happened? What what you coughing? Like, So I remember I was young. I was trying not to cough because so, my mother should put Vicks on your chest for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> so I would hold my car. So so she's never up at that time. So when 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 my brother said she was up watching the show, I'm like, Whoa. that was random. Why that show? That particular show, out of all the shows, she never ever watched the show. Intuition. Now she's watching that one show that I'm on. And so I was nervous. So I went to the house. It was like seven of her friends in the living room. They were talking. 
And when I walked in the living room, they all stopped talking. And one of them pointed at me and go, is that the comedian there? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shoot. And then they all just started laughing. I ain't say nothing. They just started laughing. And then my mother said that one of her favorite jokes was, was one, of the, one of the, so at the time, your pa was trying to be more risque. Right. So I did this joke. She said it was her favorite joke. And she wanted me to repeat it. I'm like, I never, ever cursed in front of my mother. And I was, I would not repeat that joke. Wow. And were you, were you a funny kid naturally? Were you ever like the class I was clown? A, I was a clown. More like, more like I was a, pra- a prankster. Like I'll hide behind a wall and scare the shit out of my brothers and or people. I'll tap their shoulder. They'll turn around and look and no one's standing there. Yeah. Stupid <laughs> shit like that. Just like, just an, I was more of annoyance, like a, mm. like a gnat or a fly. Okay. And do you remember the first time that you felt like I made it? No, no, that, that feeling still haven't happened. It still hasn't. <laughs> but do you think? Do you think you need that lack of feeling to continue to push yourself? Um, you know, I look at other people who 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 have so called made it, but they still working like they haven't made it. So and now I realize there's. I don't think there's a feeling. I think is is a passion and and there's no finish line. Mm-hmm. Like look at Chappelle. Chappelle. He's like killing it, and he got tons of money. Look at um, or like Will Smith, who's still making movies, and he probably got tons of money. Um, uh, Damon Wayans, another one. Like these people who who who's still working, like they're hungry, and it, not everybody, but the, you know, we could go into the people who like once they made it, they they totally fell off. Yeah. But I'm talking about there's a key, there's a a few people. Who's still doing it? Like, like they're still in the in the fire. Still, like you know, have rent to pay. <laughs> yeah. Do you? Speaking of Dave, as I mentioned, that was I saw you uh, open for him on on Broadway. You did five of the ten shows. Do you have any best memories? Dave with Dave Chappelle. Um. Okay, Dave keeps telling his story, but I'm gonna tell my version. All right, tell so the first time I met Dave was a long time ago. And so he did the show, and then, and you know he was going to go. If I was a nice set, and then and then I said nice. I actually said nice set, and then we started talking about video games, and I just invited him to my house. So yeah, you want to go home, go to my how house and play video games? How many years ago was this? Oh, it's like ninety two or something, okay. ninety three. And then he, we came over to my house and we started playing video games, you know. But he uh, made it seem like his story is, you know, I first met Will. Everybody said nice set, Dave. Nice set. When I get to Will, we go, yo, you want to come to my house and play video games? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you, I think you missed a couple of lines. At <laughs> and what's he kind of like behind? I mean, I could imagine. Actually, I won't even imagine. What's he like behind off off stage and in a small closed environment? All right, Dave. Off stage, man, he's. Um, I watch him like he just loves people. I lo- he loves talking to people. I think his fuel or his comedy comes from people. So I like I remember one time was we he and I was walking somewhere, and somebody stopped him, and for like f- maybe twenty to twenty five minutes he's just talking to this lady. She she must have been like sixty or something. He's just talking to her, and I and then when he was done, like what do you know her from? He said, Oh no no, she's just she's just a fan. And I said, Oh, you're just talking to an old lady for twenty minutes that that you don't even know, yeah. and and she was like you know, and I watched him like talking to people that he met. Along, and like people come up to him, Dave. I know you're not gonna remember me, but but we met in '98, and then Dave starts 
that you could give him a little thing that he saw. He remembers. He remembers remembers people, especially the ones who are interesting or fascinating. He remembers small details. And then, and then, the reason I say that because there was one person who was like, "You just, you just saying that." And then he went into details about the wow. the meeting. I'm like, "Wow!" So I think one of his gifts is just his memory and and had his his um um his passionate about people or his you know like he really cares. It seems also even you know the fact that he's not really on social media and it's always his shows are always no phones. Because you know he he's he want he likes the, the moment right, and that's why he when he meets people right. it's the, you, th- th- these are things you can't share on social social no, media. and I think that's I think that's a special like when I when I went to the Chappelle show it was the first time that I've ever had my phone locked up like that, and yeah. you feel like it's it's and, what's so nice is that you you know that you're going to be present for two hours. It's yep. going to be an intimate almost like an intimate experience with you and and the performer, whether it's you opening or if it's Dave or it's the band, you feel like you're actually, it doesn't matter what, you don't have to post it on Instagram for to look good. You feel like it's going to be you and that person. Also, you 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 catch that moment because now you're not distracted because, you know, like one thing that happens a lot during, now is like people be on their phone and be like, oh, shoot, what, what happened? What I missed? Now you're talking to this person and he's telling you what you missed. Now you're missing even more stuff that's yeah. happening because the show doesn't stop while this guy right, explains right, right. what you miss. And so, they, and then there's pockets of that. They, or when someone pull out their phone, other people see that, like, oh, yeah, that reminds me, I got to check my messages. You know what I'm saying? So now it's, a, it's like living in the 90s or the 80s where you're just in the moment absorbing, you know? And right. Not, not, no, I, I agree with that. And what, other than like his memory and that kind of personability of Dave, what do you think as a comedian, obviously making people laugh, but more so, why do you think, what do you think makes Dave Chappelle so great? His, his, complex intelligence if that makes sense he he's able to take he's really smart he's so but able smart. to take these things that that either was either there's two there's two things about David either I would I couldn't I always say I could never think of that that's way oh I'm like oh shit that was right there in my face how come I didn't use that so there's always those things where he takes the simplest things or the most complex things and make them into comedy magic you know comedy gold and do you, as a as a as a comedian who's who's been around for a long time now, how do you feel like your own personal progression? I mean, you know, I think the '90s was a definitely a different era for comedy than the 2000s, and now you know it's almost 2020. How do you feel like comedy has progressed as a whole, and then you as a comedian has progressed as well? Um, me as a comic. I'm getting better a little bit. Well, for you, what is what is getting better mean? Okay, so Patrice O'Neill taught me this thing about doing a joke a thousand times, but making it sound like it's the first time. That like we was talking right. earlier, and it just uh, it just saying it like, and he and he's the one that taught me about remember where your eyes were. Remember how you was hoping holding the mic, you know how you were standing, you know telling that joke, but but you know but you got to pretend like you you haven't said it like oh you or. Oh, or not, or, or you know, just pretend it's like as a new person who haven't heard the story or heard the joke. So you gotta say it with that same, that same energy, like you're excited about telling this person. Do you have a same kind of ritual or superstition that you do before getting on stage? What's what's going on in your mind before you? Before I used you get to take a stage? dump back in the day, but now I stopped doing that. Why? <laughs> yeah, I, I changed. I changed my eating habits actually. Really? Yeah. How I so? Used, well, um, I used to weigh 220 pounds. I read that. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. You and, dropped um, down to 150. Dropped down to 150. That's, that's insane. Do you have a picture? Well, maybe after. Yeah, I got pictures. Maybe show me after. 
Um, it just, it would just, you know, you know, you, you ever hear people say like, live your life, you could die tomorrow. Well, the way I was living my life, I felt like I was going <laughs> to die tomorrow. I had hypertension, high blood pressure, diabetes, two bad knees, uh, bad ankles, a bad back. But my back, I had a back problem once a month, never fails. Like it would hurt so bad. Even when I inhale or breathe, it would hurt. So I would have to inhale very softly. <sighs> Because I could feel my, you know, I, I know where it was. You know, and we blame everything but the foods we eat. You know, all the, it must have been the way I slept. Oh, you know what? I, this, this bed gave me diabetes. You know, but instead of what it is, is, is the foods that we're eating. The, they, they, the foods that we're eating, it's going to come out more than one way, not just through your shit. It's going to come out through diabetes, uh, extra butt cheek, you know, hypertension, you know, bad vision. You know, so in these foods, that's what it's doing to us. So once I changed my diet, I, I slowly started healing myself. So how? No, so now I live, instead of like live like I'm going to die tomorrow, now I live like I'm going to live tomorrow. I know that sounds corny, but. No, no, no. And what's your diet like now? I still, I still uh, struggle with sugar. <laughs> so that's, my, that's, my, that's one of my final fights. Um, I'm a vegan. You're a full vegan now. But I'm not an asshole. <laughs> that's a, that's a good distinction face, to make. Like, what the hell are you doing with that? Don't step on that roach. I'm not. <laughs> Kill that roach. Kill that. <laughs> um, um, I'm more like a vegan slash. I, I want to be more plant-based. My, my ultimate goal to be plant-based and raw, raw foods. So you were at 220. I mean, now it looks like you don't have a fucking ounce of fat on you. Um, yeah, I got, I got flabby skin probably. How, how many years ago? And how, how, was, how long did it take you to go from 220 to 150? 11 months. That's 11 it? Months, average of. Two pounds to three pounds a week. Wow. Yeah, but when you lose it slowly, it you you give your body time to retract retract the skin. If you lose it too quick, then then your skin just. And how old were? Or, that was that was two thousand. So two thousand six is when I just I made a lot of changes. I you know I changed my diet, changed the way I think about think about life, and I just asked myself what what do I really want? Do I want do I want these foods or do I want to hit, be healthier? And that was it. Once I decided, you know, I want to be healthier. So healthier meant I can't mess with these foods. It's like, it's like a bad relationship where, where the sex is good. She fucks the shit out of you. But then as soon as she finished fucking you, she beat your ass. She, mm. called, your, she called your mama a cunt. She <laughs> steals your money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She embarrassed you in front of your friends. And that's what bad foods are like. It's like it's good in your mouth. That's the sex part. <laughs> It's so I'm I'm orgasming all, every time every bite I take, but as soon as it goes down my neck, I, you know, fuck you, motherfucker, you ain't yeah. shit. Mm. Was there something that prompted that kind of change in mindset in 2006? Uh, it was two things happened. Uh, I, I it was like wait, it still took me some time. I think 2004 I did some show in Colorado, and they put me in a, like a five star hotel, and there was mirrors everywhere. And um and when I when I when I'm in nice hotels I just walk around naked and shit, <laughs> you know I be on the phone calling girls yeah you should be here look at this bitch, <laughs> and uh, I remember I was in the bathroom brushing my teeth, and I looked up in the mirror there some dude broke into my room and I I'm watching him backing up I'm like, and I'm like why is he naked, <laughs> and it was me I didn't recognize my back fat, my back oh my, my back looked like a lump of clay. And I was like, and I got so sad and depressed. Those might be, those might be. And then I just went and I put that robe on that they have. I just put it on. I didn't want to be naked anymore. 
And I remember I sat down, still brushing my teeth in, in the in the in the bedroom, and the t- the TV was on, and they was talking about some athlete who was um I forgot who it was who was in their fifties and still looking good, and it, that's when it hit me. I'm like, ah, oh, I have to. Is my diet is is like you could still be. It's not age because I was like, oh, I'm getting old. And and I'm like, no, it's not old. Old ain't got nothing to do with it. It's, it's what you put in your mouth that's making you old. Did you? So then that was is, a wake up call. Was uh was there also was the it was working out? Or was it just your diet, or do you also work a, out as well? The, it was a combination. I, I, the, it was, number one thing was the diet. The diet is number one thing because average average person work out about one hour a day. You're not gonna burn the calories that you're putting in your body right. in an hour. You know, especially if you don't have a trainer, you're not pushing yourself. So that I was, because for many years, I would go to the gym on my own, work out for, and so mentally I was like, I'm doing the right thing, right? I'm, I'm working out. Or sometimes I just walk into the gym and uh, and and walk back out. And, and mentally I was like, oh, I went to the yeah. gym, right? Yeah. And I, I wasn't doing nothing. So, but the diet is the number one thing. You change your diet, then, then uh, actually the more you work, the more you, the more you eat, right? The less you have to work out. Interesting. That's so my then, theory. So then what was what was like a daily schedule or weekly schedule for you when you're going through like extreme cutting, weight cutting? Oh, well, I wasn't even thinking about weight cutting. I, I was thinking about more like more healthy. Did you have a goal? I, I you didn't like have any goals you, in mind? When you focus on weight, it, it, could be, it could be from healthy to not healthy. You could do a lot of unhealthy things to lose the weight. But I, I wanted to just focus on eating healthy. So meaning I had to cut out these foods never going back to these foods. You know, um, I hate when people call it like a treat day or cheat day or treat day. You get to, it's not treats. These are poison. Call it poison day because you're really giving your body poison. So, right. so I looked at like, okay, these foods are basically toxic and poison to my body and I, I can't go back to them. You know, so, so it's just like, will you ever go back to a high school? No, I won't. No, I, I feel like these foods are just like, like going back to your past. What were, what were some of the worst foods that you haven't eaten since? Ice cream. I haven't had ice cream since 2006. I had sorbet, but, you know, ice cream, ice cream. You know, um, meat, gave up meats. Um, I was a pescatarian for a long time. And then I became a vegan like about a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, just, you know. How, how is it being a vegan? Dairy, anything dairy. How how is that? How's your how's your experience being vegan? Do you find it easy? I'm still to... I'm still feeling out. I, I thought it was gonna be hard, but it is it's cool. I, I have I I've been looking for foods that have more protein in them. Um but yeah, it's it's going good. And then how did you get into to boxing as well? So um uh, I realized I I just I always was fascinated by boxing and boxers. And then I found I someone introduced me to Stephen Frank, and uh, and he was like the best trainer. Like I had trainers, not boxing trainers, just like a weight trainer or whatever. And and the routine was just like it was boring. We would do the same exercise day in day out, and I got bored. And and it was I wasn't getting any results. And then Steve Stephen Frank came along. I just fell in love with boxing. Now I must say the first six months was hell. Was I was sweating, but I remember when when I left the gym, the way I felt, I wasn't sore. I had a lot of energy, 
And I kept thinking when I was on the train on my way home, I could beat anybody up on this train. Because <laughs> what I went through, they didn't go through that shit. <laughs> so I love, I love the way it made me feel. My self-esteem, I, I had low self-esteem for years. <laughs> so boxing helped me boost my self-esteem up. So the more, the more uh, stronger and better I got, the more I wanted. You know what I'm saying? So I became, it's almost like, you heard of steroids? St- Jay Okerson told me, um, he understands why people keep taking steroids because you get stronger and you want to get stronger and stronger and right. they, they keep taking steroids more and more. So I felt like that, but without the steroids, I, I, I want to be more healthy. I want to be a better boxer. And so I, I found that, that exercise don't really work. You have to find a physical activity that you like to do and just do it a lot, whether it's playing handball or power walking or whatever. So it's just it, ha- it has to be some kind of physical thing you like to do and just do a lot of it. And do you have a, do you have a favorite boxer? Uh, Ali, Muhammad Ali, hands down. And what about today? I ought to, because outside the ring, he was an am- amazing person and, and humanitarian, yeah. Right. And today, do you have a, a couple favorite boxers? Yeah, Muhammad Ali. But... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pacquiao, uh, Tyson is still a favorite favorite to watch his clips. Um, and then, uh, you know, everybody else is not, not the same, but it's just fun to watch the sport. And you said uh, before you got on, you box about three times a week? Three to four times, yeah. And how is that? Is that kind of help you in your preparation? I mean, so you maybe in the morning you go you box, and then you you're always working at night. What's your schedule like? Yeah, I wake up wise? about um I wake up about seven thirty, seven o'clock. Go boxing like eight nine o'clock. Box for about an hour, two hours, maybe sometimes three hours. Um, then I come home. I used to ride my bike. I, I, I sometimes I ride. Not used to ride. Sometimes I ride my bike around. Be going by like three, four o'clock. Watch CNN. Do some writing. Reply to some emails. Then head to the city to do some shows. Um, by six, seven o'clock, and then um, I'm done at three o'clock in the morning. So I, my, my right now, two of my biggest fights is cutting down the sugar and getting more sleep. How do you how do you function on four hours uh, sleep? I just make it happen. And how many nights a week do you do you perform, or you do you like every to, night, every single night, every night? Yeah. Oh, I never took a vacation. You never. I want, I want to take a vacation. You never taken after, a vacation after I finish. I am Maurice. I'm going somewhere. Yeah, if, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> You've never taken a vacation. Never, yeah, never. I, in this business, you, you, there's only like it kills me that some comedians who take a day off or go on vacation. We we average twenty minutes or even an hour a night. Whereas, you, like, when I get up to go boxing and I'm on the train, I watch people during rush hour. You can see how sad and miserable they are. They need a vacation. They work in eight to nine hours a day, and they come home, spend two, three hours with their loved ones or watching TV or, or eating, then they go to sleep and have to repeat. You know, we do, like, an hour, like, oh, I need a vacation. I like, know you don't, motherfucker. Just take a nap. Take a power nap. You're good. And when was the last time you, you were back in Haiti? Uh... Five years ago. Do you like to? What's that like? Do you have, do you have family there? I, not none. Not, all my family's like my immediate family's in in the U.S., but um, I have friends there. And I think what's also very beautiful, in a sense, is your desire to help immigrants and help people of color be promoted on a bigger stage. And I think through through that, I mean, through that is I am Maurice. I think is one way. And then you've also. Uh, Sponsored by NBC was the the Shortcuts oh, Festival. My, yeah, yeah. We I, talk about 
how that came to be. And for people that don't know, the Shortcuts Festival is, as I as I know it, is you did it for, you started a while ago. Yeah, 2006. And it's been either one day or two days? Two days. Two uh, day. one, one day, uh, semifinals in New York and the finals in L.A. Right. And it's basically um, a festival that's dedicated to getting people of color on screen and uh, give them more of a platform yeah. to show their work. That's it, yeah. Behind the screens or behind the scenes or in front of the scenes. And how did you get that together and where was the, was the inspiration um, to help, you know? Well, the inspiration was first to help myself <laughs> <laughs> to get my, uh, get my stories out. But then... Um, when I was doing it, I was doing a show at Caroline's where I was showing my short films and doing stand-up comedy in between. And I'm like, this should be a bigger thing. This should be like, we should get other filmmakers involved. So I was just, I was, I remember I was just putting it together how I'm going to do it. And a friend of mine, Demona Resnick, she's now, she's doing a, her own dating, her own dating site, by the way. If, you, oh, if, wow. you, if you're What's single and you're looking for um, a, 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 a lifetime partner, Demona Resnick. I forgot what the name of her show is, but just Demona Resnick. Let me get her real name. Her, not her real name. I mean her <laughs> full name. And so how did that, how did you kind of come together with NBC? Because it's NBC that sponsors it, right? Yeah. Demona Resnick Hoffman. Demona Resnick Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, I, so Demona called me one day. Jessica, we, we kept in touch. Um, I did a show. I did an audition for her for for a showcase she had, and and then we after that we got in touch. And she called. I came and watched. She called me, and she was just say, "Hey, so what you doing?" I'm like, oh, "I'm working on my film festival." And she said, "You have a film festival?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." She said, "Tell me about." It. I told her what the cause was. It's to help to get people of color, you know, on the scene because you know, the, at at the time it was called comedy shortcuts. It was just short, funny films, and um and then she there was a beat. There was like a pause, and she said, I think NBC might want to work with you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all should be working with me, yeah. <laughs> no, she was amazing. She, um, and then, then she asked me to send a proposal, and I, I, I never wrote a proposal in my life. I ain't know. So I just Googled proposals, and, and, I, and I put one together, and I sent it to Mark. Oh, the original. <laughs> The original name was called Blow, B-L-O, B-L-O with a with a line over the O, Blow, and it's, it's, it was it was Black, Latino, and other film uh, comedy festival, short comedy festival, and um and NBC was like, well, we don't want to go with Blow. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like you know, you know, and also if it doesn't do well, people are gonna be like that festival really blowed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right. So I just kept it single. I simple. I just called it comedy shortcuts. And then we was doing well for two years. And then they came back to me. They said, hey, um, we, we're getting so much submissions from non-comedy stuff, but we don't want to start our own festival. Any way we could incorporate, you know, at first I'm like, I don't want to stop comedy. Good comedy with my life. But then, you know, I'm like, then within a minute, I just like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's just drop comedy. Just call it short film festivals. And that was it. And now, so tell people, can people, can anybody submit their Anybody work? can submit. Um, Where can they find right, it? Right, this year we took a break. They're doing budget cuts, but next year um, we're hoping to start back up in February. Uh, NBC Short Film Fest is, is, is the name. Uh, and you could just submit. So you're working on I Am Maurice. Or yeah. What's the, can you talk about that process and what that's, what that's been like for you? Because I imagine that's a lot of work, a lot of fundraising, 
a lot of work, a lot of people to, you know, talk to and partner up with. How's that experience um, been like thus far? Me and my partner, Brian Kennedy, he and I co-wrote this movie. We actually wrote like nine films. So wow. once that one is out, then we got like nine others. So that vacation going to be pretty <laughs> short. <laughs> going to be like a two-day vacation in, you know, in in Where's your Africa. ideal vacation? I don't know, somewhere definitely hot. You know, mm. people complain about this heat wave. I'm like, this is a heat this this, this is it's regular. Not, it like, hasn't even been that bad recently. No, I mean, and then people get excited like, can you believe this heat wave? <laughs> it happens every year in July. Why you guys are shocked when this happened? Or when when it's like in February when it's really cold. Like, can you believe the cold? Like, yes. It happened last year in the yeah. last <laughs> 35 years. Like, why you guys are shocked? I can understand like newborns being shocked because yeah. they're newborns. Yeah. But they can't talk. Sorry. You're right. <laughs> so where so ideal vacation you'd say is oh wait what was it that was ooh, that was another question. oh I, somewhere hot probably probably um, Haiti <laughs> uh, different parts of Haiti I haven't I haven't visited or or Africa uh, I definitely would like to go to Japan one day um, I only travel for for gigs so everywhere I've been to was for a gig like China Australia. New Zealand, South Africa. Do you have a favorite road story? Um, okay, I don't know. If this is one of my favorites. I don't know if this is the, the favorite, but this is one of the ones that stick out right now. I was in Australia. I was in... Um, hold on. Let me get this right. I also saw you did... Have you been You've been to China? Yeah. You did it. You did a set in China. I think I, I was watching the other day. You've been basically kind of all over, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I was in China for like I, three times already. I I love China. They love comedy. Do Do you feel like the same jokes resonate well all over the world, um, or do you adjust it based on the place you're at? I I feel like it's like when you tell a story, like some places will get it because they know the background. The background, so you just have to like. Tell a little bit more to explain, mm. you know. Otherwise, they're not gonna get it. And if you have, do you remember your favorite the, road story? Speaking of Australia, oh, the, or okay. The, the so I was in, I was in, um, I was in Kalgoorlie, Kalgoorlie, WA, Western Australia, and um, we was doing this tour, the the Melbourne International Comedy Festival Road Show tour, and I was the only black comedian. <laughs> Uh, so it is the, there's a host, there's four comics, and then I, I normally close the show. Not because not I was better than these <laughs> comics. Chances are because I was just different. You know, I was the only non-Australian. And, um, you know, and that's, ain't going to do it. Always, you know. So a lot of times it's not because you're a headliner. It's just, I'm just last. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, so, I, so, so I'm last in Kalgoorlie. And every, normally, every time I do these shows, I come out the whole, like the crowd, like, they're all rowdy or whatever. Then when I come out, they all just get quiet. Because like, some of these towns, they never saw a black person ever yeah. up close, you know. So, you know, when I come out, they're like, what happened to the tent? What happened to the, you know. So I come out. So I was in Kalgoorlie. I come out and I go, what's up, Kalgoorlie? And some dude in the audience said, what's up, nigga? Right? Oh. And the whole place was like, oh. 
and they thought it was going to be like, you know, I was going to take out my guns and shoot. <laughs> but, <laughs> or they, I don't know what they thought, but they were scared. You could see their looks in their face. What's going on in your head? I was like, oh, man, I, I really like, I, don't, I really don't entertain that kind of behavior. But, you know, so I just told the dude, I said, Yo, look, dude, it's not cool, you know, um, but um, I'm not going to, you know, give you any more attention. I just went on with my show. And so I was selling my T-shirts and my uh, and my keychains at the time at every on the on the tour, and I sold the most ever. Really? Yeah, I'm like I should plant an N word on every show, because they felt they were like, I'm sorry, that's not us. Please give me four shirts. I'm like, yeah, yeah, bitch, take four shirts. And then I, I just sold a bunch of shirts and keychains. I, I I actually sold out of T-shirts. Wow. And how do you like speaking of? people that either call out or just hecklers in general how do you kind of deal with hecklers and and sometimes if you're throw do you ever get thrown off by you know i mean that you walk on stage and somebody says that to you how do you kind of like get back to equilibrium i i don't know you at the moment you i i find or figure it out like because every moment is different so every heckler is different every every quote that they throw at you is different so it's like I, I, you know, the more shows you do, the more you could be prepared for it. But I, you still can't be prepared for everything. So you do your best um, to try, you know, defuse it. Because sometimes, because uh, you could be doing really well and a heckler could come in the middle of the show and throw your whole show off. And, and I watch, even me, your show start bombing. Like, oh, man. So you got to find a way how to balance that and, and not, get, not to give that guy or girl too much attention because either A, they'll, they'll think they made the show, or B, um, they think they could continue heckling, or C, other people like, oh, wow, I, I'm going I'm to say something too. So you have to find, I had I to find a way on how to like shut it down and make sure they don't yabba dabba do again. Right. Do you still get nervous? You're... Oh, yeah, yeah. Really? Every, every night. Every night. Is it always like the same it's feeling? A different, it's a different feeling. It's still, it's still there. But it's a nervous feeling, like, 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 I just don't go up there thinking, like, I got this. Never, I don't think I ever had that, I got this. Is it just because that's how Only you are? Only when I say goodnight. Who <laughs> 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 oh, I got this. Oh, I, I had it. I, I did it. Or oh, whatever the sentence is. What do you think that stems from? Have you always, is that just kind of who you are? Probably, I just still don't believe in myself as much. Not in a bad way, I just still think I you every every performance you still have to prove yourself mm. I mean look even like like the ones who made it, like Chappelle he still had to prove himself and probably even more so because of who he you know he you know he made his big name for himself what's also so, so interesting for me is you know especially that night when I when I saw I saw you open and then I saw Chappelle is it's like night and day <laughs> no 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 but it's, it's, it's like kitty meal and like <laughs> no. a seven course meal no not at all actually my mom was the one she she uh she was like i really like him like you should get him on the podcast Does she I was date like, black guys your mom <laughs> she's with the moroccan man actually right now that's not black that's not black but <laughs> <laughs> you know you know it's black she'll know mama you know when it's a black person <laughs> furniture will start be moving around no sorry um but what's what's amazing to me uh, in hearing you say these things is both you and Chappelle. It's it's it seems at least to us that you're very relaxed. You know, I mean, you're at this point you're you're a very established comedian. I mean, you've doing been doing this for over twenty five years. Been on basically all the biggest things you can be on. And I think what's also refreshing to hear is that 
you're still human. You still do feel nervous. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a volcano where, where you see a little smoke. Luckily, it's a nice volcano. But inside, it's, there's... there's But once you get on stage, does that... Do you kind of settle in? Probably third joke in okay. with laughter. Third joke in with, with... All three jokes have to have do you Do you think about that a lot of how the crowd's reacting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you... Look... I, I keep calling Patrice. Patrice like is like you you don't want everybody to like you, but you want you still want to be acknowledged and liked, but you shouldn't try and make everybody laugh. Cause then you're not being true to yourself. But if you make a little like, you know, like the core people laugh and that's all that matters. Do you take it personally when people don't no, laugh? No, no, no. Can you do you ever Cause there, it's their right not to not to think I'm funny. It's their right. I don't want to take that right away. You know, like, so what? So what? They, they have a preference. Just same way I have a preference. So don't take that, that away from me. I won't take that away from you. And I think I also saw a, an interview recently. Do you get more nervous depending on the set? Like, are you more nervous for opening for Chappelle? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, Do you talk yeah. to him before? Do, does he what's, yeah, he, what's we, he? what's the conversation like before when you, does he care? I mean, I've also heard, like, for people that uh, have opened for Chappelle or have worked with him, He's just, he doesn't give a shit what you do. Oh, that's another thing about like versus some other headliners is like they'll, you know, they'll give you a list of things not to talk about where Chappelle doesn't, he doesn't care. He's, he wants you to be the funniest, you know, um, as you could be. He just, you know, and he, when I, every time I get off, say, yo, how was the crowd? How's the crowd? Like he's still, like you could see he's still, I'm like, do you, Dave, you care? Like he cares. Like he wants to know how the show was. Did they laugh? Are they having a good time? What's he like? Before he goes on in the in the green room, or just is he is he calm? Is he drinking, smoking? Uh, it varies. He's just he's always like calm, and you can see he's thinking, and you know, like you know, probably smoking a cigarette. And for you, who's now been doing this as long as as you have been, what you know, how what's what's the next step for you? Do you do you set goals for yourself? Do you have things that you still haven't checked off? Um. It is day by day, but yes, I I I want to get this movie finished. I want to get you know um then probably you know work on a special probably. You know I'm not too cra- I'm not too crazy about it. Do I'm not too ex- I, I I'm not like they sometimes they want to get a special out. You know if if it happens it happens. But I movies and stand up is like I just want to keep doing stand up and and putting out films. And TV shows. I have a couple of TV shows I'm working on. We'll talk about that in a quick second. We're going to take a quick break because we're going to talk about Manscaped. Uh Support for Where's This Going comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for all of your family jewels. Will, do you have any uh, Manscaping stories for us? I'm on the first time I shaved my balls. All right, tell us about that. (laughs) It was... It looked bad. I got I got really tiny balls to begin with, like <laughs> tiny tiny balls. Okay, and so it didn't look it it didn't look good. Well, lucky for you. Lucky? For, why is why is that lucky? I got something for you. Because um, Manscaped oh. has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag maybe your small nuts. Um, manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Please do not use the same trimmer that you use on your face that you use on your balls. 
That's just nasty. No. It's gross. Um, Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver. You familiar with the Crop Preserver? I don't know what that means. I'll tell you right now. It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Mm. Mm. You already put deodorant on your armpits, so why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? <laughs> Nico, uh, you know Nico White. He's always yeah, like, yeah, so. Yeah. He was talk. He went on a great tangent. Um, <laughs> Josh remembers um, where uh, he's not a huge fan of, of ball deodorant. He's, he thinks that uh, somebody who has to wear ball deodorant really needs to reevaluate themselves in life. I, first of all, I, I didn't know that was a thing, ball deodorant. I, I just, didn't know that was a thing before. Um, I just wash before, your balls. I wash my balls and I put and I cream them down. I was still nice and soft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they. I think they saw. I don't, you know. But um, <laughs> in, in case they're not, you can always use the. Uh, the ball deodorant and moisturizer, as I said. And when you go to manscaped.com, use promo code WTG and get 20% off and free shipping. Again, that is code WTG for 20% off and free shipping. Always use the right tools for the job. Will, your balls will thank you. Are there any testimonials from women? Well, ever since my man been using um, ball deodorant, I, I, they're in my mouth longer. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to find out. Well, we'll get Manscaped to send you some. I got um, peppermint tasting deodorant for my man's balls. And uh, I I do more humming and less yapping. I don't know. Um, that's, uh, who, that's who we should be doing the testimonials for Manscaped and ball deodorant. Mm, that's a good idea. We'll have to pitch that. Hey, dudes, dudes ain't t- testing their, tasting their own balls or smelling their yeah, own balls. You, you hope not. Yeah, well, I mean, it's their, it's their own prerogative, but it's, still. Yeah, it's their own issue. Anyways, I want to talk about um, talk about Patrice O'Neill a lot, and I know you were your roommates for, for a long time. Yep, I think seven years or something. Can you talk about kind of the effect that he's had on your life and also, you know, personally and also from a comedic standpoint? Uh, yeah, I mean, comedy, he just made me think about comedy different, um, you know, Finding your voice, so he, he he so he tell he told me one time everybody has a rhythm, you know you don't have to hear the jokes da 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 he said every comic has a certain rhythm, certain frequency they put out, and he and and then so we was we was listening to a comic where somehow we muted the sound but we heard the and and we he could tell when laughter laughter. So, oh, that's what we we muted the comic. We once he got the, he was doing the rhythm and he, he said, "Okay, mute the TV." Da, 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 and said laughter, and then you saw the crowd laughing and da, 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 laughter. I'm like, "Oh shit!" And so he said that the, the he told me the main thing about comedy is finding your voice, finding your. He said like you could write jokes all day, but your voice is important because that that voice is easy to write for because it's your voice. So I so he goes, we go on stage to get practice. But he said the most practice we get is off stage. So he, he said, like, the more, just practice. The, oh, no, no. I'm paraphrasing. So basically, have something funny or interesting to say about anything. So it don't have to be funny, but interesting to capture their attention. And then if it's not interesting, at least make it funny. And how do you, how does one find their voice in comedy? <laughs> you keep 
your voice is just natural and it just like is your the, the voice that you're comfortable and you and you're you're comfortable in answering anything and do you feel like comedian will is the same person that's yeah most more more real more world or less, will? yeah How? i it just it just on stage it's just more jokes because i'm just talking yeah but that but doing and you know you've worked with a lot of i mean probably the best comedians in the world you know uh you're on top five with chris rock oh that movie yeah that, movie, no, that yeah. was a great movie um i mean you know uh you're with the the wine brothers Chappelle, all of them you said the wine brothers wyan wayan wayan the wine brothers that's new <laughs> that's new anyways yeah wayan yeah damon wayans man he saw me at, at a club in la he just took me on the road with him man he's like like he's a he's a he's a he was the first one to actually told me to do anything i remember the first show i did with him on the road i was very clean i didn't do any of my like killer jokes and then i got off stage he said yo what what the, what was that shit i'm like I, you know it's your show i just want i i didn't want to say like you couldn't follow me but i just want to be respectful like i didn't want you know like and he he says no he said the the funny you are the less funny i have to be because once you give him a show, now I can just go and relax. So he was the first one that allowed me to be me on stage. Like, he didn't give a, like, damn. Like, he, wa- he wanted me to be really funny. And I remember I was so relaxed with him versus, like, other headliners I worked with. And do you feel like, for the most part, comedians support other comedians? Yeah, yeah. Most of the work we get is from other comedians. You know, like, I mean... Uh, Louis takes a bunch of comics with him on the road. Amy takes we 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 support like we don't you know, we don't take you know the mailman on the road like you know we we get a lot of times comics com- most of the work I, that I experience is from comedians. And who in your eyes are some of a couple of of some of the best up and coming comedians that you have your eyes on? Oh man, I'm I'm such a fan of comedy. It's just like some of my best is like is we'll be here all day, but um. The young, the, the ones, I mean, there's like Joe List, there's um, Mark Norman, there's uh, Sam O'Rell, there's uh, Joe Mackey, uh, Seton C. Smith. Um, Sam J. Um, Chris Red. Uh, I could go on. There's like so many dumb comics. Like they like, I mean, they're like fire. Like, you know, I'm just like, a, I'm, I'm just, I'm like one of those old school, like when around these guys, I feel like I'm not even a comic. I'm just like an interviewer or, or like, all right, the next guy up, you know, that's how good they are. Do you like to watch comedy on your own time outside of the clubs? Nah, nah, I, no. I mean, my time is limited. So I, tr- I spend it, you know, either working on my scripts, you know, uh, uh, watching the news for the most part. Yeah. And you talk about... Um... When I had a girlfriend, she got me to like a bunch of Netflix shows and 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 I, I, that's, during that time, I was watching a bunch of shows at that time. And it, it, it was helpful because it allowed me to, um, to see... To, sometimes you just get too much into your bubble. And, and then, you know, I got out of that. So it was cool. How how would you describe the the state of comedy today? I think it it kind of sucks. <laughs> really? Because you got all these bloggers who just who who's attacking everything you say. It's like it's like you can't say anything anymore. 
You know, like like you got back back in the days we had like what five channels, seven channels, right. and something hurt your feelings, you just turn to the next channel, right? Or if a newspaper hurt your feelings, you just don't buy that newspaper anymore. And nowadays you figure we have way more channels, hundred four thousand channels or whatever. We the internet. And so, like, still people, like, you know, like, you have more options. If something bothers you, go to, go to something else. Go somewhere else. It's like, why do you have to, like, you know, attack every little, you know, everything? Like, I think the PC thing was good up to a point, and now it's just getting out of hand, you know. And, and, it- then, and then you got these people who just feel entitled, like, or, like, and I'm not, I know it's not you, but, like, white people calling the cops on black people for no reason. Like, are you serious? You know, like. Yeah. A little black girl just selling water. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? No, you're 100 percent right. Do you feel like you as a comic has to tailor your jokes or maybe not say something that would be that can offend somebody nowadays? No, I, as long as it doesn't offend me, I'll I'll say it. <laughs> does <laughs> it that offend that, that's your you gotta go home and deal with that. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I, I try not to like uh, let me not. Let me be careful because it might hurt someone. Then you're not being true to yourself. You know, I feel like that's the way we learn. Also, like if I say something wrong, okay, I know it was wrong, and then I, you know, I if I really care about or I have empathy, then yeah, I'll, I'll adjust and not not say that anymore. But I, how I'm going to learn? You know, I hate I hate when when someone says something racist, and they got you know they got to do an apology. That that you're not going to change their their feelings. They they're just gonna. Say I'm sorry, sir. Could have had their job. It's like let them, let them just let the company, company, you know, feel the way they feel. I just won't support them. Right. But you know, do you feel like? I mean, we we're talking about a little bit before um, when you first came in. I still think in this hypersensitive like PC era, the one place, even when I, when I was at the cellar the other night, is you feel like what's what's refreshing is that you still feel like there's nothing that's off limits. Once you get into a comedy club, yeah, it's still oh, oh, another name I forgot. Angel Dampalucci. Speaking of, because she goes, she pushes that bar. Like she pushes that. She she goes there. Is seeing other comics like push it make you feel like oh, okay, maybe like I I'm I'm still good saying something like this. No, no, it just feels good to see that like people like her is courageous and she's a female. You know what I'm saying? So so and she's pushing the bar and and not that she don't care, but. Just how she feels, like she shares a right to say how she feels, like you know. But it's good to see that that's that's like she's doing it and don't care. Do you feel like don't as, care about people's feelings? That it, that is of right. How do you feel that women are? Take your time. Take your time. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm curious because you know. Uh, there's always d- debate um, in sports and especially in Hollywood of the the pay gap and the, the inequality. Do you see women in, in the comic world more getting more headliners or more uh, time on stage as opposed now as opposed to back maybe twenty or thirty years ago? You know, you know, I I I can't really comment on what happened like I got comment like I know for black comics I'm I walked into this club um well I won't say the name of the club <laughs> and and the guy at the door or the the owner of the who was whoever was running the show he told me um he looked me right in my face he said oh we already have our black comic for the week uh-huh. and, I, and I was like oh okay and I thought that was like 
the norm. I'm like, okay, I wow. guess, I guess I'll go to, a, I'll look for a club that don't have a black comic for the week. Wow. So, so, but, so I never, so being that is not my struggle or fight, I never thought about females having to struggle and fight or white female comics have to struggle. I just thought, you know, I, I saw it, it didn't hit me that, oh, wow, they, they struggling as well. I knew women were struggling, but like sometimes I didn't think it was in the comedy world. I just thought if you're funny, you're funny. And then kind of find out they, they struggling just as much or more than, well, yeah, more than men, especially a black female comic because right. she's black and she's a female. Do you feel, if you, had, if you had to give advice for the next generation of comics or a young comedian, what, what do you think is the best piece of advice you could give? Don't read your comments on YouTube. <laughs> don't, don't, yeah, ignore, the, ignore that because then it's going to sway you and try to make the world, make everybody happy. Just make, just, if it's funny to you and you, and you truly believe it, like if you're just saying stuff to be mean, there's some people, comedians who just say things to get the clickbait, to get more likes, to get more followers. But they don't, deep down inside, they don't believe that. Then, then they're not true to themselves. But if you believe in that, then fine. Just, you know, you learn. Either you're going to learn or not learn. Or, you're gonna, or you will teach us, mm-hmm. you know? What's the best piece of advice you've ever received as a, as a comedian and as, as, a, as, as a person? Uh, mm, so many. I, I don't know. <laughs> you had to pick if one that you can maybe remember. the one that Patrice told me about finding your voice, and and or how to tell a joke a, a thousand times but saying it like it's the first time. Do you do that when you're preparing for your to go on stage? I don't prepare. <laughs> I just really. I I I'll, I'll figure out the bullet notes who I want to talk about, and that's it. And but I try to keep it as fresh as, as I can. There's also something that I think is. Um, that I really liked in in both your sets when I saw uh, the Chappelle and and at the cellar is well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna give it away but I think no spoilers spoiler no no, free show. no 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 spoilers but you do I think there's a, a party that's genuinely interested in where people are from well people, pe- well oh wait maybe that's another advice I I got from Chappelle he's fascinated by people so when I hear about people where they're from and their stories and you know how's like how's life over there was 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 so i i just i just i'm just i i just love to know more about the world and and people and do you think i also in in doing that kind of again no spoilers when you when sometimes when you get on stage just to get to know your audience do you feel like that also kind of breaks attention or brings you closer to it, the audience it makes it makes everybody more like you know like who's in the house and make, it makes it more like a family type of like you know we're all like in this, this like, you know, like the cafeteria where the blacks are here, the whites are here, the Spanish people are here. But now, you know, hey, buddy, we all blah, blah, blah. So it's all kind of like make everybody like, you know, chill. And that's when I host. Do you, do you prefer, do you like hosting? Because right Either now you're... Either one. I still, I'm still performing. Right. So yeah. Where I'm doing a set or hosting. Do you feel like um, more comedians, do you feel like the, the, the way to, to kind of first get into it is by just doing shows. I've heard, you know, I had I had Nico White on here who does over five hundred shows per year, which is which is a lot. Um, that's that sounds about right for more average comic. Really? I mean, yeah. If you work every night and you're doing like three, four shows a night, you're gonna what three, six, five days? Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna push five hundred, seven hundred shows. Do you feel like the the it's a true grind? 
to to be a comic, especially in a big city like New York or LA? Or do you feel like you can kind of get away with just doing one or here here or there kind of open uh, mics? I, I, dude, I don't know. I I know. I I just feel like if you're passionate about it, there's no there's no there's no rules. There's no there's no there's no such thing as too much. You know, oh, I did too many shows. No, there's no. If you're passionate, but if you if you're really hungry, you just you out there just doing it. You're not even thinking about. You're not even comparing yourself to. Just comparing yourself to yourself. How you know? What did I do yesterday? How can I be better than I was yesterday? You know. Do you compare yourself to other comics? No, no. Otherwise, I. I mean, I obviously when when I was young, I used to. And then when you, when, you know, like example, like watching someone like Chappelle, someone kills. And then he goes up behind that, and then because he's not comparing, he's not trying to do better. He's just trying to do better than he than the best he did, and that which makes better sense. Do you have one? You might have touched on it a little bit. Do you have one best piece of advice that Dave Chappelle has given you? Um, man, Dave says so many things. <laughs> uh, I think to um. Not, not not that he giving me, but watching him, uh, just how he interacts with people. Mm. Like he really likes, like he's like a celebrity. Like he, if you didn't know who he was, he looked like he just part of that group. That part, like if you see a crowd of people, just and, you know, because the way he interacts, where he he doesn't have like security like that. He he doesn't have sunglasses. Like he he can't talk to you. Like he talks to people. He don't he doesn't like pictures because he feel like ah. Oh, you just want a picture, but if you if you're interested, you got a story to tell, and you and he'll kick it with you. What do you hope is the is the Will Slavin's legacy? Oh, uh, um, I don't know. Just I don't know. <laughs> I never thought about that. Maybe my I am Maurice. If, if I could get that done. Speaking of, I am Maurice. Go to GoFundMe.com slash I am Maurice. Yep. You can find. Will, he has a great website, Will Sylvins, that's W-I-L-S-Y-L-V-I-N-C-E dot com. Instagram and Twitter, Will Sylvins. Will, truly... Sorry there was not enough punchlines in this interview. Another, well, at least now we know your balls are small. <laughs> my, yeah, my balls look like, my balls and my penis look like... <laughs> what do they look you like? Ever, you, ever, you know those, those small little backpacks that for like kids... <laughs> Imagine a grown man with that backpack, <laughs> right? A big ass dude, big muscle bound dude. Wow! So my, my that's what my balls, and my penis look like. Well, at least from this interview, people will know that what your balls and your penis look like. Yeah, that's always important. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank I'm you, truly, man. truly honored to have you on the show. And uh, thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be on here. Perfect. <laughs>